Okay, Booker Tov, today's daf is Ayin Dalad, Baba Kama 74. We pick up with the last word on Ayin Gimel Mudbet, Mimai. We're dealing with the debate of Abayin and Rava, whether Hachasha Tchilas Hazama, whether contradiction is the uh, neutralizing of the testimony is the beginning of the process of Hazama. Um, so basically, Kat A says that Ruven killed somebody on Monday, and Kat B first says, no, Ruven was with us on Monday. So they're contradicting A, but in that case, that's not Hazama, so it neutralizes the testimony of A. And then Kat B says, actually, you ate and you were also with us on Monday, so that's Hazama. So do we say that once it's, the testimony has been neutralized, they can no longer do Hazama because now the, the testimony is no longer live? That is the position of Abai. Hachasha is, is not Tchilas Hazama. Or do we say that Hachasha is the beginning of a process, but ultimately Hazama is the end of the process, and uh, the fact that the testimony has been contradicted is just the beginning of knocking it down, and it doesn't present, prevent Hazama from taking place afterwards. That's Rav's position that Hachasha is Lav Tchilas, is Tchilas Hazama. So um, Rav tries to prove it from a Breita that speaks about witnesses that say that a uh, certain master um, first knocked out the eye of his slave and then the tooth, um, and the master wants them to say that because it's implicit that there's another testimony out there that it was first the tooth and then the eye, which would have him paying the, the cost of the eye to the slave because the slave would have gone free with the tooth. So the master would rather the testimony be the eye and then the tooth, and then he only has to pay the cost of the tooth. And it says that if they say the eye and the tooth consistent with the master, and then they become zomimim, so they have to go ahead and pay the cost of the eye to the master, because that's what they were trying to cheat him out of, because the real testimony was that the eye was second and not the tooth. Now, that only makes sense if we say that... um, that there is this other testimony out there that that has it going in the reverse way, so and has it going, you know, first the, first the tooth and then the eye. So Rava says that has to be the case. So you see, that the that there was, you know, first testimony about the the tooth and then the eye. The the, the the one who were proved lying reversed it and said eye and then the tooth, and then they were proven zomimim. So it starts with hachasha, it ends with hazama, and you see that they can be made zomimim. And Abai Agrees and Abai says no. There was no other. There was no. There were three groups of Adim. There was only two. The first Adim said that it was the tooth and then the eye. Uh, uh, excuse me, the eye and then the tooth. And then the second Adim came and said, "No, you were with us." So that's Hazama before Achasha. And we actually know that it was the reverse. And it actually was the tooth. It actually was the tooth and then the eye. Okay. So because so therefore you don't have to deal with Achasha Tchilas Hazama because the one that are the Mazimim are also the one that puts forth the other story. But it is t- clear that there has to have been another story being put forth here. So now Abai says, so let's read that, the last line of Ayin Gimel Bet. Amar Abai, No, the case is not that there was another cot of Adim that gave a different story, but that the Adim that did the Azama were also the ones that reversed the story. Mimai, how do I know that? Since that's the case at the end, it's also the case at the beginning. Diktani Seifa, the end of the Bryce says, This is the reverse. That Kat A says something that the Evid likes, that first it was the tooth and then the 
So then they have to pay the cost of the eye to the master. Now, again, that only makes sense if there's an alternative testimony that it was the reverse, which is what the Gemara says. Hey, what's the case? If the second cut, if the people that made them Zomimim say, you know, don't aren't giving an alternative story. They just say the first cut was totally, you know, lying. They co- so then to make Kule ever the rabbi shlumele. So then the first cut was saying that the slave goes free when that's not true. So they actually have to pay the entire cost of the slave, right? Because there's no alternate story. It's just one cut said that it was uh, tooth and an eye, and then then said you're lying. So then they would have to pay the master for the cost of the slave and the cost for his eye. The whole thing was made up. That can't be the case. In both of these cases. Says the ratio and the safe, it's clear that there was the alternate story that gets established once this cot is found Zomabin. It must be that everybody agrees to the Chavala, meaning, and that it's really the second cot that reverses it. Now, um, so therefore, you see that in that case, there is a second, but not we don't have, but not a third cot. Now you might ask, like, how do you know there's not a third cot? Maybe there's, you know, both things take place. There's one, you know, this cot says that there's the um, the the tooth and then the eye, and then another cot says the eye and then the tooth, and then there's Hazama. How does Abaye know that there's only two cot ketot here? So the reason Rashi says is because um, in this case, if there was a cot that had already said the reverse. You know, the way we wanted to suggest about the earlier case. If there was a cut that had already said that it was the eye and then the tooth, and then they came and said the tooth and then the eye, so then this cut of Adim actually would not have been making the master obligated to pay the eye because it would already have been contradicted by the testimony of the tooth. So so therefore, um, you would never have a case where the testimony of the eye would have been something that have would have been believed um, from the get-go. So there cannot be any payment for Hazama. Now, that's different than the earlier case. The earlier case, it could have worked because if the first testimony was um, was um, was tooth and then eye, and then the next witnesses came and said eye and then tooth, so in that case, the second testimony of tooth is believed because... You would now have one testimony that says I, you have to pay the cost of the I, and one that says tooth. So they can't both be true, but you'll do the lesser of the two, because at least that's the overlap. So in that case, when the second group said tooth, which was the first case of the of the Reisha, you would have listened to them, and therefore that would have been a case of Adim Zomanin. Um, but in this case, where the second cot, where the cot that becomes Zomanin is saying I, it has to be that they're the only ones saying it. There can't be a contradiction. If there was a contradiction, you never would have accepted their testimony of I because that was demanding more payment. So it couldn't be that there was a sock out there that was contradicting, uh, you know, a testimony out there that was contradicting it. Okay? So that's what Abai says. Since in this case, the testimony of I could not, with the I came ladder, could not have had anybody contradicting it until it became Zomimim or else it never would have been accepted. It must be that there was only that second cop and not three ketot, only the second cot of Zomimim, and they said that you were Zomimim, and also it happened in the reverse, okay? So now the Gemara, so that's, and because that case is only two, two you know, only two ketot, the first case is also only two ketot. Okay, so now the Gemara says, just figures this out, 
Um, what's the case? If So if the second cot says that the um that when this event happened, you know, that the um that the uh that 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 the slave had his eye knocked out and his tooth knocked out, if they're saying that the reverse version of it happened um happened um after your testimony, you testified that it happened on Sunday. We're saying that it got knocked out. We're saying it happened. Uh, you, we're saying, first of all, you're lying. And the reverse happened on Monday. Okay. So if the contrary testimony is, is said to have taken place after, so then the, um, so then, um, uh, so then when they're saying that it happened on Sunday, so, at, on Sunday, the master wasn't high of anything, right? It's not so. So in that case, they're trying to make him pay the full cost of the eved, which he was not obligated to pay on Sunday, because on Sunday nothing had happened. The reverse thing happened on Monday, but they said it happened on Sunday. Because when they're saying on Sunday this is what happened, they're making him pay for a, a, a for a slave, whether it's the eye and the tooth or the tooth and the eye. Um, but the actual event, which the later Adim say, and we believe the later Adim, the actual event happened Monday. So they were trying to obligate him on something going back to Sunday, which he was not obligated for. So they would have to pay the full cost of the event. Okay? Um, so it must be that they said it happened beforehand. They, you know, the first cot said that it happened on Sunday, eye, tooth, tooth, eye. And then the second cot that makes them zomimim says, first of all, you're zomimim. Second of all, what you're testifying, it happened, but it happened in the reverse, and it happened on Shabbos. It didn't happen on Sunday. So in that case, that's why the cot, when there's zomimim, doesn't have to pay the full cost of the eved, because what they're saying happened on Sunday, when that happened, the master was already chayef to free the Eved because of what he did on Shabbos. And therefore, what the second cot is saying is only the question of eye versus tooth, which was latter. But the reality of the chiyuv, that existed before they claimed that he was chayef. But one more thing we have to clarify. The idlo amad bedin, but if it only happened on Shabbos, but there had not yet been a court case, then it wouldn't matter that he knocked that, that he knocked out his eye on Shabbos. When they said that he did it on Sunday, the master was not yet obligated to free the slave. Until there's Hamad Bidin, since freeing a slave is a knas, that chiyuv does not exist until Bastin says it does. Either because the master could just be mowed and be putter, or even bracketing that pact about putter, the reality of a knas is the obligation, it's not like a debt. The obligation is imposed by Bastin. So therefore, it's not enough that he knocked out the eye on Shabbos. He, he wasn't yet obligated to free the slave. And when they testified that he did this act to ob, that, that knocked out the eye on, you know, or the tooth or whatever on Sunday, they were making an innocent man or a man that wasn't obligated, obligated. So therefore, that they should have to pay the whole cost of the slave. So we have to create a scenario that what they're testifying happened on Sunday, he not only did the act that would lead to an obligation in Bastin, but he was actually already obligated to free the slave from beforehand. It was just that the happened, order happened in the reverse. Okay, so he had to have an Hamad Abedin. So basically... Cot number one says 
he knocked out the eye and then the tooth on Sunday, or the reverse, okay? We're dealing with both the Reisha and the Seifa. Cot number two comes and says, first of all, Imanu Ayisem. So we don't deal with Hachashat Chilas Hazama because they're starting with Hazama. There's only the second Kat. And they say what you said happened on Sunday actually happened before Sunday, and there was actually Hamada Bedin before Sunday. So therefore, when you testified what happened on Sunday, you weren't saying a person, you know, you weren't making him pay a slave he wasn't obligated to free, he was already obligated to free it, but you were lying about which order, and therefore that has consequences about paying the cost of the tooth or the cost of the eye. Okay. So that idea that there was Hamad Bedin is sort of independent of the Abayi and Rava. But Abayi says that this second case to me is clear that there were only two Kitot of Eden, and therefore the first case is the same way, and there was no Hachasha that came first. Where is Rava getting his inference that it is, um, what he, that it uh, is, um, um, getting his inference that 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 the first case was three kite edim and that there was already a hachasha before the hazama. Um, what he's saying is the following. I get that Rava, the case, the first case of the Reisha does sound like there were three Kite Adem. Because the case of the Reisha said that the Adem that were found Zomimim said, um, I and then tooth, and the master liked that testimony. And the only way the master would have liked that testimony, because ultimately they're saying he has to free his slave and pay for the cost of the tooth, the only way he would have liked that testimony is if it was preceded by the reverse, by testimony of tooth and then eye. So in the Reisha, because it says the master likes it, it sounds like there was an earlier testimony that this testimony is contradicting, and therefore it's hachasha, and that shows you that they can still have hazama afterwards, hachasha tchilas hazama. But he's saying, but I don't get it. Actually... It's not a hachasha that neutralized the testimony. Because as I indicated before, since the first testimony said the eye came later, and the second testimony of those that were found zomimim said the tooth, well, their testimony effectively wins out. You have a contradiction whether the master is chayav for the eye or the tooth, so you're going to do the lesser, you're going to do the tooth. So you're actually going to do the psak of the second cot that was found zomanim. So it doesn't prove a chashetchilasazama. The chashah of the first cot did not undermine their testimony. So that's what he says. Let's read that again. In the reisha, the middle cot, the one that said I and then tooth, you know, even though they're contradicted, their testimony isn't neutralized. If they're not made zomimim, the, ultimately we will follow their testimony. We're going to paskin like them that's going to say the tooth. Not because we know they're right, but why? That in, included in 200 is 100. The cost of the tooth is less than the cost of the eye. So if they're coming second, it's not a hachasha. Yes, they are giving different versions, but their psak is going to be followed. So it doesn't prove whether a hachasha tchilas hazama. Um, so, um, it's the first cot that says the eye came forward that's being neutralized, not the second one. So I get that the shot sounds like there were, there was a hachasha because it says the master is happy with the testimony, but it's not an effective hachasha. So what's Rava's proof? So Amalei Rava, 
So he said back, as Ravati said back, Ah, you're right. The ratio is clearly three kita for Rava, not like Abai tried to say, because it's clear the master likes the testimony. So there was, must be there was an earlier testimony that said otherwise. And since the ratio is that there was a previous testimony that said otherwise, the safe is also that way. Okay? Vidayik me the safer and the dikas of safer. Kigon, so what's the case? So like the ratio, that the zomimim are the middle case. So first came to and said that it was the two and then the eye. And then we pass and find, pay the eye. That's the Gemar din. And then the middle, co- middle group comes and they said it was the reverse. The tooth was last. So, um, uh, 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 um, okay, excuse me, I'm sorry, I got mixed up which was the first one, which was the last. I mean, I mean, okay, the first one is one that's going to be Zomimim. Okay, so the first one said that it was the tooth and the eye. Then the second one said, sort of similar order as the, as the first case. Then the second one said eye and then tooth. So in that case, we will follow the second one. Tooth is less than eye. So the first one's testimony that said eye ladder is actually effectively neutralized. It's not just contradicted, it's neutralized. We're not going to listen to them. We're not going to make you pay the cost of the eye. Okay, so it's the same case as the ratio. The first group said tooth and eye. The second group said eye and tooth. The difference is that in the seifa, it is the first group that is found zomimim. So, the first group is found Zomim. They have to pay the cost of the eye. They were lying about the eye being last. Okay? So, Rav's deal is from the fact that the Reisha, that the master is happy with the testimony, right, shows that there was an earlier testimony to the reverse. The Seifa also is, is that there was, there was a contradictory testimony. And in that case, the ones that are saying I, their testimony was actually neutralized by those that said tooth. And nevertheless, they can become Zomimim. Okay? Which shows that Hachasha Tchilas Hazama. And if Hachasha was not Tchilas Hazama, why do they have to pay the cost of the eye? They were contradicted by those that said tooth. You see that Okay, so Rava says, and you know that the, that because there have to be the ratios three kiteidim, the seifas three kiteidim, and in the seifa, the testimony of those that were found to be zomimim was already neutralized as far as the eye, and nevertheless they can be found zomimim. So you see that hachashetchilasazama. You're right. I concede that the beginning first case there had to be three. Before what we said is Abai said even the first case was two. But here Abai is conceding that the first case had to be three. Why? Um, it says the master is happy with the testimony. The only way the master is going to be happy saying that he has to free his slave is if there was another testimony that also said he had to free his slave, but it said he had to pay more. So you're right in the ratio when it says the master's happy. Clearly, there was already another testimony on the books. Why didn't the sefer you need three? 
Evan overcame. All it says is the, the slave is happy with the testimony when they say tooth and then eye. So the Evan will be happy, even you know, it, you know, even if nothing proceeded because tooth and then eye, it's great. Both go free and you get the eye. So there's no evidence in the Seifa that there is another group of Adim there. So since the, the Seifa, you know, which is the case where the eye testimony could actually be neutralized, there's no evidence there was a another cot other than the Zomimim, then there is no proof that HaChashat Chilas Hazama, because it could be the Zomimim, I mean the one that were the Mazimim actually, were the ones that first made them into Zomimim, and then also provided the alternative version of what happened. Okay, so that was pretty complicated, but that's the way they debate HaChashat Chilas Hazama. Now we have, on this case, we have a, just a question about the slave going free. Maski Le Reb Zeyra, asked about this whole case. So he said, I don't get it. How do you know? Why do these, this bright assume that if he does both, the tooth and the eye, he goes free with one and pays for the other? Maybe the Torah is saying, since he's not free yet, right, there has to be Hamad Abedin, maybe the Torah is saying that the only thing that happens for a tooth or an eye is going free. So, okay, one he went free and the other he also goes free, you know, but there's no payment. So Amar Abaye, so said Abaye, Alecha Merkrav Tachas Eino. It says you shall send him free in exchange for his eye. Velo Tachas Eino Vishino, not for his eye and his tooth. Only for one of them he goes free. The other one, there has to be some other form of compensation. Okay, Tachas Shino in exchange of his tooth. Velo Tachas Shino Veino, but not for both his tooth and his eye. So only one one is sufficient and necessary and sufficient for going free. So the other one has to be something else and has to be payment. Okay, we also taught about this issue about, um, you know, uh, about, um, what do you call it, about somebody stole based on two witnesses and they also said that he sold or shechted and then they were found. They have to pay this, this guy everything. They said Ruvain stole and then shechted and sold it, and they were Zomimim. So now they try to make him lose out four or five. They have to pay Ruvain four or five. Okay, now, my love, to eat all because we eat all So presumably it means first they said he stole, then they said he, did, he sold it or shechted it. And then the Hazama presumably was, and presumably, you know, the Shechita was a different day. So they said he stole it on Sunday and, he's, and, and, and he sold it or shechted it on Monday. And then Aiden came, but who's Malagneva? And they said, no, Sunday you were with us. You couldn't have seen him steal it. And then they said, and Monday you were also with us, so you couldn't have seen him shechted. Okay, so that's what happened. If that's what happens, and as soon as the Mazimim said you were with us on Sunday, you couldn't have seen him steal it, it neutralizes the testimony of the Shechita. Because if he didn't steal it, he didn't shecht it. So now the testimony of the Shechita has been huchash, has been effectively neutralized. And nevertheless, they, he can wind up becoming a, an aid zomim for the shechita and paying the full four or five. So that seems to prove that even though something gets neutralized and contradicted, it can end with hazama. And if you think that hazama is not the beginning of hazama, so why are you paying for the shechita? That was already effectively neutralized. You see that even when it's contradicted and neutralized, it could still end with Hazama. 
So that's his proof. So, of course, that's just supposing that was the scenario. What are we talking about? We're talking that he was, um, no, you know, you don't have to say it that way. The, the Mazimim could say, first of all, you couldn't have seen the Shechit on Monday, you were with us. That still would have allowed for the possibility of the Gneva to be true. And then they said, and you couldn't have seen the Gneva on Sunday, you were with us. So there was never a Hachasha that occurred before the Hazama. Okay. This debate of Abayin Rav is a, is a, a debate of um, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lezer. If the Edim were contradicted and then they were Gizomimim, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Lezer, Chadam and Neroggin, one says they would be killed, assuming they were testifying about a capital case. Chadam or Neroggin, they wouldn't be killed. Let's conclude that Rabbi Lezer says they would not be killed, meaning Chachash is not Chilas Azama. He said that Edim that testified about somebody, you know, who, who um, a, murder, a capital case, um, could get Malchus. Now, what's the situation that it's a capital case that you're getting Malchus for being Edizomimim? Now, for Rebbe would say that you are killed, you know, after Hachasha, my Lokin, you'll never get a case of Malchus. Either that won't be sufficient to make them Azimim, or you'll make them Azimim and they'll, and they'll, you'll kill them. So, my Lokin, Havile Lavshinit. So, um, so what the Gemara is saying is, I might have said it a little bit wrong a second ago, what the Gemara is saying is that according to Rabbi Eliezer, you know, you could imagine a case of Lokin without making them Mazimim, and they're Lokin for, for transgressing the prohibition of, of bearing false testimony, um, so, um, you know, of being giving Edus Sheker. So what would be the case? The case would be they wouldn't be Mazimim, but they would still prove to be lying. Now, you're going to ask, how could they be proved lying without Mazimim? Until now, we've been saying Hachasha neutralizes. You don't know who's telling the truth. Let's bracket that for a second, okay? Let's imagine, oh, you know what? I'll tell you what the Gemara's going to say at the end. The Gemara's going to say at the end, Baharu Baraglov. Okay, they said Reuven killed Shimon, and then Shimon walked into Bastin. So Rabbi Eliezer says they would get, even though they're not Zomimim, they're going to get Malkus for being over on the love of Edus Sheke. Okay, but now the question is, one minute, even though that is Machish, Hazama could possibly follow. So the Gemara says like this. Let's read that again. If Aiden, right, I missed it before, if Aiden were contradicted by a capital case, they'll get Malchus for Aiden's Shekher. The if they're proven to be lying but not Zomimim. Now, if Rabbi Eliezer was the one who said that they could get killed even after they've been neutralized and contradicted, Amai Lokin, why would they get Malkus for Edis Sheker? How would they love Shinita Lazarus Mises Bastin? Yes, they would have transgressed the prohibition of Edis Sheker, but it is a, a, a transgression. You don't get Malkus on something that could lead to that being high of Mises Bastin. Okay, for Kolach and Eitan Lazarus Mises Bastin, since this could turn into Mises Bastin, why? Because after the Hachasha, if Eitan Mazimim would come, they would be high of Misa. So if this is a process that could end in Mises Bastin, they can't get Malkus. Ain Logan of Kolach and Eitan Lazarus Mises Bastin, any love that is given to be the warning to get Misa, Ain Logan 
Rav, you don't get Malkos. It must be Rebbe Lezer says you would not kill them. Then that is a good proof. Okay, so again, because Rebbe Lezer says that if they're proven to be lying without being Zomimim, they get Malkos for Edus Sheker, it must mean that there is not a possible end of the road here that will end with them getting killed. That the can't the Hachasha can't complete with a with a with with making with becoming zoning because if a possible end of the road could lead to them getting killed then we would pass then there would no way they could get malchus because it would be a lachshan he done lazarus misus based in and now the gemara says lokin what do you mean lokin trevetraining who my if they're contradicted why do you believe that why do you think that they're lying you don't know who to believe it's two against two Shimon, who was said to be the murder victim, he walked into Bastin totally ha- happy and healthy. So clearly they were lying. Now, how do you know they weren't mistaken with the identity or whatever? But okay, that would be enough, and they would get Malchus for Edus Shekin. Tosos, by the way, asks that why is this considered to, like Lavshinitan Lazarus Mises Bastin? Normally, it doesn't matter that this act could get you Mises Bastin. It means that that there's a way that this lav could be used to punish somebody for Mises based in. So why here is it important that the this process end with Mises based in? And he says, because we know explicitly based on a pasuk that you can get Malchus for Edis Sheker. So that we know. So once it's possible to get Malchus for Edis Sheker, we know that the fact that Edis Sheker can sometimes lead to Mises based in is not enough to get you off the hook for Malchus. But if the very testimony itself could lead to Mises based in, then there's no way you could be getting Malchus for it. Okay? And therefore, it must be for Rebbe Eliezer, once there's a chasher, it cannot end with Hazama. Right, let's start the next Mishnah. Somebody stole based on two witnesses and then shechted or sold it based on only one witness. His own testimony. You don't pay four or five. This is a knas. And therefore, you're not chayv by your own testimony and you need two witnesses. Now, let's say he stole and shechted on Shabbos or he stole and he shechted for Vodazara. The emphasis being shechting on Shabbos, shechting for Vodazara. Both of those things are chayv misa. If he stole from his father and then his father died and then he had sold it. So when he sold it, he already inherited it from his father. So he was selling something that was already his. If he stole and was sanctified it, and then he sold it and then he slaughtered it or sold it. You don't pay four or five. So why? Because you don't pay if it already belongs to Hektish. Okay, so when you inherit it, if a guy inherits it because his father died, he doesn't pay, it's already his. When he's maktish it, he doesn't pay, pay four or five because there's no chiv on something that's hektish. How about the case of shechting on Shabbos and shechting tavarazara? So that's more of a kimle bedrabamine, doing an act that's chayv misa, overrides the cost of payment, the, the obligation of payment. We'll see more about that in the Gemara. Rabbi Shimon says, I distinguish between whether you are liable to replace it or not. A certain korban that you have to replace is still considered yours. So then you are high four and five. Only if you don't have to replace it, is it not considered yours and you're exempt. We'll see about that in the Gemara. Okay, we're going to take these one by one. First, we're going to look at this case about your own testimony or the testimony of an Eid Echad. So, Abgmara, Alpi Echad Pshita, obviously, there's no obligation. This is a knas. 
No, this is teaching you that your own testimony is not different, you know, than 1A. What does that mean? The same way when it's 1A, that doesn't get you off the hook. It just means it's not sufficient. And if there would become 2A, you would be chayev. So, so... Um, so your own testimony as well. It doesn't get you off the hook. It just means it's not sufficient. But if aiding would come afterwards, you would be chayev. This reading gets you out, it, you know, rejects the, or contradicts the position of Rav Huna. Rav Huna says in the name of Rav, if somebody agrees for knas and then aiding come, um, you are exempt, meaning, meaning this is the question of what happens when you admit for something that's a knas? Is it that then it's like a type of a tshuva and a knas was to punish you? So therefore the fact that you admitted it is enough to actually exempt you from payment, even if witnesses come afterwards. Does your admission exempt you or is your admission just not sufficient to obligate you? Okay, so that's a very central question about what moda knas does. And now we're going to focus on that. Gufa. Amarav hun amarav. So even though we said that was the Mishnah suggested against this position, we're now going to see a number of, you know, Amorayim that agree with this, that actually admitting to a knas actually exempts you. Rebbe Gamliel blinded the eye of Tevi, his servant, who he was a very dear to him, and he said, you know, Tevi is kasherhu, and, uh, you know, many stories in the Mishnah about how much respect he held Tevi in. Not clear how he blinded his eye. Was he hitting his slave that was uh, so beloved to him? Was it an accident? But anyway, he was very joyous. Why? Because now Tevi was going to be able to go free, and he couldn't have freed him just unilaterally because there's an understanding that there's a mitzvah saying not to free your slave. So, Matzol Rabbi Yoshua, he bumped into Rabbi Yoshua, I'm alone. Hey, Rabbi Yoshua, it's so amazing. Did he hear the great news? My, my slave, Tevi, is going to be free. I mean, he lost his eye, but he's going to be free. I'm alone, He said, why? I'm alone. Because I knocked out his eye. I'm alone. Sorry. You know, you're not, it's not going to happen. Because there are no witnesses. So he said, so the problem was that there wasn't enough to obligate him. But if there were witnesses, then, you, then he, would go, he would be obligated to free him. He would go free, even though Rebbe Gamliel already admitted to it. You see that even though if somebody admits to a knas and then aidim come, you're chayev. A knas admitting doesn't exempt you, it just doesn't obligate you. So Rabbi Gamliel, he admitted it, and the implication was if there's going to be aidim, you're still going to be chayev. So you see that that admitting does not exempt, it just does not obligate. So Amalei, so Rav Huna said back, Shani Rav Gamliel do based, you know, the, no, that didn't count because, you know, even though, because Rav Gamliel was not testifying to a based in, he just said to his friend, Rabbi Yoshua, that's not a testimony that counts as a hudad to exempt you. 
A huda that would exempt you would be a coming to Bastin and admitting. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Rabbi Yeshua, Av Bastin, Have, but Rabbi Yeshua wasn't Av Bastin, so he was telling him to a Bastin. Now, of course, you could say just because somebody happens to be an Av Bastin doesn't mean when you find him in the supermarket that you're testifying in a Bastin, which is what the Gemara says. Tapavayin Hemad Aleph, Shalabi Bastin Havikai. He wasn't in a Bastin. Who cares that Rabbi Yeshua was an Av Bastin? Rabbi Yeshua was an Av Bastin. It still wasn't a testimony in a Bastin. But I will still assert that if it was a testimony in a Bastin, it would exempt him even if witnesses would come after. Afterwards. But wait, we have another bright, a different version of the story. He said that, you know, sorry, buddy, Reverend Gamliel, you're not, he's not going to go free because you already admitted. So your admission is going to, is, is going to prevent him from going free. So that really sounds like a strong, uh, that leaves that version of the Bryce as a strong support of Rav Huna Amarav. So the Gemara says, my love, Tanai, it must be a debate of Tanayim. Hi, Tana, Dama, Shekvar, Imcha, Edim. The one that said the problem was the absence of Edim, sounds like Auda following Edim, you would be Chayev. The problem was absence of Edim. The Hai Tana Dama Shekfar Hudisa, and the Tana that says, oh, look, you testified, now, you, now, now he won't go free, now you're, now you're exempt. You said that once you admit, even if Edim were to come, you would remain exempt. Now, it certainly is true that the second Brisa makes that clear. The second Brisa says, you've already admitted, so now he can't go free. That clearly holds like Amarav Umna Amarav, that Moda Biknas Vachachbo Edim is Pater, that your Hoda exempts you. The first one that said that if Edim were to come, you'd be Chayev, does not necessarily hold the opposite position. Mar says, well, no, the Chuliyama Moda Biknas Vachachbo Edim Pater. I could say everybody agrees that your admission exempts you. This is the debate. Like we said before, the one that says that there were no Edim said there was not a legitimate admission. It wasn't in the presence of a Bastin. And the one that says that the Huda exempted you, it wasn't a Bastin. So bottom line is, our mission of the Diuk is against Amar Avun Amarav, that your admission does not exempt you. Here we have a Brita Shekfar Hodita that clearly makes it clear that your admission did exempt you. And the Brita Sheim Lecha Edim can go either way. The Brita Sheim Lecha Edim can either show that your admission does not exempt you or could understand your admission exempts you, but this was not an actual admission um, in front of a base. Okay, we will stop here.